show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to versustheuniverse.com. That's vstheuniverse.com. You got your headphones on? Good. Now let's get on with the show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey everyone, welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies, trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Matt Peters, with me is Dave Martin. How's life and things, Dave? They are very thingful and, and life-ish. <laughs> that was an affirming response, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, <laughs> once it was, again, it, it was. Uh, I'm, I am still recovering from CES. CES was amazing. The uh, aftermath, not quite so much. Um, it sounds like you might have had a little bit of a rough go of it as well. No, man. No, CES was great. I had a fantastic time in Las Vegas. Las Vegas treated me well. Chicago apparently is a jealous lover because when I came back, <laughs> Chicago whooped my butt. And I fell on black ice, and my leg is still making me walk around like Saw Guerrera from Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll have a, a happier ending. Spoilers. Lies. Deceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Frost Whitaker when he's paranoid, man. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and we're going to get more of him on the cartoon. So, That's right. Uh, good times. They already started rolling that out a little bit. So I was happy to see that. But before we get carried away, I want to give a shout out to the Versus the Universe Podcast Network family. You know, we've talked a lot about these great podcasts you can listen to on Versus the Universe. We've talked about cooperatives. We've talked about, you know, just so many different podcasts you can hear and so many more coming down the pipeline. But we have neglected to talk about. The original, that's right, Panels on Channels. Indeed, it's a good times for, I mean, even if you don't watch the, the shows of comic books on the screen, um, it's very entertaining and I highly recommend it. It is, it is very entertaining. I mean, you got the one and only Mr. Aaron J. Amendola. You got, you know, Chris Chapin. Um, we're going to say Chris Chapin because that's the way that I'm pronouncing his name today. And then Jamie McCabe whose name is easier to pronounce. We'll say that, yes. So, yeah, as you mentioned, they Actually, break Actually, it's French. I think it's Maccabé. I knew I was going to screw that up. <laughs> Darn it. No, so as you mentioned, <laughs> they break down all the comic book TV that you could want, and sometimes Gotham. Uh, every now and then, they have <laughs> guests on, and sometimes those guests ruin the routine by talking about movies like Donnie Darko that have absolutely nothing to do about comic books. But if you want to hear it crash and burn, check out the episode where they talk about Donnie Darko. Guess who's on that episode? This guy. So, yeah, enjoy. And after you check out that episode, also check out the bonus episode on Luke Cage. That's right. I was on there again. I completely forgot about that one. I'm kidding. I love Luke Cage. I can talk about Luke Cage forever. It was such a good series. Spoiler, spoiler warning if you wanted to be surprised by that episode. But let's get to the task at hand. Dave, what did we watch this week, man? Well, it feels a little bit by, like cheating. I didn't know about this beforehand, and I will explain in a moment. But uh, we watched Ark, 
Uh, yes. ARQ, all capital letters, I believe, on Netflix. Um, so a little bit about this. Uh, their synopsis is, Trapped in a lab and stuck in a time loop, a disoriented couple fends off masked raiders while harboring a new energy source that could save humanity. Uh, that might be a bit of a stretch, but anyway... <laughs> Ark is a 2016 Netflix original production and stars Robbie Amell, uh, Firestorm fame from the DC comic shows. Uh, Rachel Taylor bringing in our Marvel side. Uh, she was on Jessica Jones and also Transformers. Patsy and, Walker. <laughs> yes. And it was directed by Tony Elliott, who's done a bunch of stuff with Orphan Black and a few other things. Yeah, I mean, so right there, the deck is stacked in our favor. You know, uh, people talk all the time about Netflix having their their model built, so they just take bits and pieces from other projects that they see that people like uh, through their viewing habits, and they just kind of put them together like this giant mosaic. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Most times, I should say, it works out. Um, we're going to find out if it worked out this time around. So first things first, first observation Robbie and Mel still going by Robbie, hanging tough to that Robbie. When do you think they're going to start calling him Robert? When do you think he's going to demand Robert instead of Robbie? Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to demand Robert, but uh, someone might demand, hey, if you're going to star in a, in a show that's actually going to be high quality adult fare, maybe you should go by Robert. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that, that day is not today. That's right. That's right. So we still got Robbie in the house. So <laughs> did we want him in the house is the question. I was okay with it. You know, uh, he, he's not my favorite actor, but uh, he's, you know, does what he does well enough. I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for the, for the purposes of this film, he did a great job. Oh, but I should also mention, and I keep doing this. I'm like, Oh, Hey, by the way, um, we owe, uh, a great thanks to one of our wonderful listeners out there, uh, Caitlin Rosberg. You can reach her on Twitter at Crossberg. Um, she talks about comics and all kind of wonderful things. And if you would love to hear uh, a great uh, three-hour speech, uh, make sure to ask her about uh, War Machine because she loves War Machine. So, <laughs> and tell her we sent you. <laughs> And tell her the podcast needs to happen. We, we talked about that last episode. You can, if, if you don't remember, just go back and listen to that again. But anyway, yes, <laughs> I, I will have to thank her. I will have to thank her because I think she was trying to do us a solid here and give us something that we could actually uh, enjoy a little bit more than some of our previous fare. That's right. She's a good buddy. She's a good friend. Um, <laughs> she's, she's looking out for our well-being after hearing about the uh, the tragedy that was Troll Hunter and Z for Zachariah, et cetera, et cetera. So she <laughs> she tried to do us a little favor here. So <laughs> let's let's break it down, man. So what you uh you you dug it? You thought it was decent? Well, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I I will have to say this right here since I don't know where else to say this. I, I'm a little bit torn on how I'm going to rate this in a minute. Okay. Because I mean, we usually find random stuff. And so by those standards, by something you've never, ever heard of or anything, this was fantastic. But again, as we have said, this was a Netflix original production, and they have done some really good stuff, like as we previously mentioned, Luke Cage. Yes. And so they have already set a fairly high bar. So when I rate that, I'm not sure which way I'm going to go on this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Netflix has done some great stuff. But as I mentioned earlier as well, 
I, they've, they've had some misses as well, you know, and the more content they put out there, unfortunately, the, the more likely they are to, uh, to swing and miss, you know, they've taken a lot of risks, but yeah, uh, most of them do pay off. And I think yes. this is one of them that did pay off coming into a blind, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting a, a sci-fi original movie and I got a Netflix original movie. So, you know, that's a win for me. Indeed. Well, and it didn't have Adam Sandler in it, so we know it's <laughs> got to be that much better. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just looking at some of the other Netflix stuff, like Hemlock Grove, I didn't quite like too much. I gave that a season and a half. I had to tune out of that. Um, Love, I thought was just okay. Orange is the New Black is one of my favorite shows of all time. So that's, yeah, that's a tick in the uh, in the good column. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It took a while to grow on me, but ultimately it did. It did get me because you know one of the benefits about having a show on Netflix, the running gags, because they know people mm-hmm. are binge watching, so it can just keep going and uh, you know just absorb you in there. But I digress. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get back into arc. <laughs> so uh, for our rating system, for those of you who may be catching up with us. Uh, if something is completely unredeemable, absolute garbage, we'll rate it Toxic Sludge. Otherwise, if it's pretty bad, but there might be some good parts you could laugh at or get through, we'll we'll call it hazardous. Uh, then there's reusable for something that's mostly good. And the pinnacle of the rating scale is treasure. If we find something that we haven't caught before, that it's high quality that it'll either make you laugh make you think or at least give you some really positive enjoyment at no added charge we'll call it a treasure (laughs) there you go that's right so i guess we should start kind of breaking down um the pros and cons here you know of course being spoiler free as possible uh for those who haven't had the pleasure of watching it yet and i will go on a limb here and just right away say yeah i recommend watching art it's something to check out um you know I enjoy movies that have that uh, time looping aspect to it. And it didn't seem like it'd be a genre, you know, but <laughs> it really is. I mean, you think about it, Groundhog Day, that is a, an American classic film. Um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, I, I really dug that movie as well. So now when I found out that this movie was along those lines, I was just 100% tuned in from like minute five. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to have some time repeating action here. This is going to be great. And and it really didn't disappoint. You know, again, aside from movies, you have some, there's always been some great Star Trek episodes with time repeat and, and some other things. And uh, so I kind of put a high bar on this because of that. And it, it was, it was really solid. I liked it. Um, you know, if, if any of you have played Borderlands, the first five minutes of the movie might make you really, really want to play the game. I will not hold any responsibility for that because I think you should play Borderlands anyway. Yeah, man, you, you're gonna have to explain that one to me because I'm trying to put the connection together. I'm on the periphery of Borderlands. Like, I'll admit this: I have more experience with Claptrap from uh, Poker Night Two than I do <laughs> with any of the Borderlands game proper. You know, so. Please enlighten me on how that uh, how that uh, connected. Okay, so I didn't feel it as strongly by the end of the movie. But anyway, um, one of the things with Borderlands, it's a post-apocalyptic game. Um, 
in a world where pretty much everything is screwed up. And one of the things about it is there's graffiti everywhere. Ah. There was graffiti on the inside of the house. Yes. Aside from that, the music at the beginning of the movie had a vibe that's very similar to the music they use on the Borderlands promotional material. Ah. And one of the main things about Borderlands is all the psychos have these gas gas mask type contraptions Mm -hmm. which the villains in the movie have yeah okay okay. so so again by the end of the movie i wasn't feeling it quite as much but the first five minutes the combination of those three things like i gotta play me some borderlands (laughs) i think you were just itching to play some borderlands anyway man (laughs) oh yeah i will not deny that that's always the case. Like, <laughs> Archie has been bugging me to uh, check out um, Tales from the Borderlands from Telltale Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's highly acclaimed. Everybody loves it. Um, but I know when Archie gets on me to try a game, it must be really something special. So I'm going to give it some time. And uh, you know, we'll see if I live tweet that or let you guys know what I think. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to make that plain for you folks. Just keep an eye on our Twitter account, which is... At the 3D cast, if you were wondering. So, yes. Follow us there. Well, and the, the Telltale game is not cooperative, as Telltale games generally aren't. But if you ever want to play any of the other Borderlands games, I am down for some co-op action. Right on, right on. Okay, all right. We got a plan, then. Let's get into the movie proper. So, you already gave the breakdown of the storyline there. Uh, we've not spoiled it, but kind of... Gave away the big, uh, you know, arc <laughs> of the um, movie itself. <laughs> well played, being sir. that there's yes, that there's time travel involved. So, uh, you think it was well executed? You think uh, it was deserving to be on the same level standard as Edge of Tomorrow, at least? I have not seen Edge of Tomorrow. I am sorry. I probably I should have asked you that beforehand. Fail as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, honestly, it's it's a Tom Cruise movie. You know. Oh, oh, yes. I lied. I have seen that one. Yeah, it was Tom Cruise with uh, the blonde woman, and yes. So I have seen that. Um, uh, you definitely don't get the the special effects that you do in that, or the action on the same scale. Yeah. The action is more interpersonal, and there is there are fisticuffs and other things, but it's not like the beach bombings and all that other stuff going on. I would have to say that. In terms of my enjoyment, I would say, yeah, I enjoyed this as much as I did that. It, it was a different flavor, but I definitely thought this was as good as that was. Okay. Um, I'll, 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 I'll meet you on that, and I do agree with you. And uh, just to kind of finish this, uh, this uh, segment off before we get too far down the line and start getting into spoiler territory, let's go down some of the actors and uh, some of the uh, creative team that was in here. So Robbie Amell, of course... We've mentioned a couple times now that he is part of the CW family with their superheroes. He was the original Firestorm on Arrow. Uh, I thought he did a good job on there. Um, I kind of got a hint of nepotism because, you know, his, I think it's his cousin, Stephen Amell, who plays Arrow. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, he got his boy on there. But it was a good choice because <laughs> he, he, fit, he fit the mold very well. You know, he just had that, that stoic nature, which he brings to this character as well. Um, he played a very specific role. There wasn't that much room for any type of like emotional range, but for what it was, he did a, a great job. And I give uh-huh. people who uh, are featured in time travel stories, I give them so much credit because 
not only do you have to act the same scene over and over again, but you have to act different variations of the same scenes. And you have to remember the emotion that goes along with that and the, uh, the situation that you bring to that. So you may be acting a different scene while your, your colleagues are, are doing the same lines, but you have to kind of put a different twist on it. And I think Robbie being uh, the party that traveled, uh, you know, repeated uh, time most frequently, I think he did a great job at that. Yes, I did. Well, and I think the range of emotions, what he did worked well because there's a little bit of a sense of um, panic throughout a lot of the movie. And I think he, he did well with that, with all the other things that he had to do. And I'm not going to get into too much of that yet, but mm-hmm. I think he portrayed that very believably. Yes. And I, I you know, I'm a, <laughs> I love Rachel Taylor. Um, from Jessica Jones, like I, I admit, I don't pay too much attention to the Transformers films outside of the giant robots because I mean, what else are you there for? <laughs> but in Jessica Jones, she was such a cool character. Uh, you know, like half the time it was just fun to watch for her because you know mm-hmm. Jessica was very straightforward. She had her mission, she had her uh, her bottle of Jack Daniels. You know, she was doing her thing. But Patsy, she had her ups and downs. And she had a little bit of a cool backstory. So it was cool watching her like grow as a character. Uh, it was cool watching uh, Rachel Taylor in this film as well, portraying Hannah. And, uh, you know, there's there's something later on that I'm going to talk about that really I just I kind of dug. It's a specific spin on the storyline. Let's just rate the movie. Come on. Let's let's <laughs> let's get our ratings out there because I'm excited to talk about this one. OK, I'm going to say you first. OK. All right. Because I'm so just about this uh <laughs> now um for being a netflix original movie i tried to use that to adjust my uh my standards on this a little bit you know as far as that goes i would say it gets reusable for me uh i enjoyed it it uh did have a couple of issues with it which we'll get into but overall i mean it's a fun movie um it goes very quickly uh, you kind of forget that it's been on for an hour and a half. So that's a good sign of a film like this, too. It doesn't feel like a chore to watch. And at this part of the podcast, if it doesn't feel like a chore, that's kind of already a, a, a tick in the wind column for me. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Right on. right on. So, yeah, it gets reusable for me. How about you, Dave? You know, I would have to say the same thing. Because it's a Netflix original, I would have to, I, with that in mind, I would have to say reusable. If if you don't know that going in and are just looking for some random free thing to watch with no expectations, I would I would definitely have rated it a treasure mm-hmm. because I did enjoy it that much and I thought it was that good. But you know Netflix has the budget and the resources to do excellent things. I wish I could just say treasure, but you know with that in mind, I would have to say reusable. Right on. Okay. All right. So we both get a reusable. One day we're gonna get we're gonna get a treasure out of you. It's gonna happen. <laughs> well, you know this 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 was as close as we've been, and I really did like this a lot. So yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting closer. So folks, yes. If you have a great movie <laughs> that no one you feel no one ever watched before besides you, you want us to check it out. Tweet us at the three D cast. Um, we're gonna we're gonna check it out. We're gonna check it out. We're already getting some great suggestions from you guys. Like Caitlin, thank you once again, Caitlin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to meet us on the other side as we wade into the deep end of the pool and get into the spoiler zone. 
we really need to invest in a gong or something for this point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to make it as awesome as I can with my natural voice (laughs) talents. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to spoil. And my neighbors are freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. So I think you go right ahead. Dive in. I want to hear what you got to say. Okay. So, um, I'm going to jump ahead a a little bit because I I don't think this is spoiling anything too much, but I just absolutely, I I have to say this. Okay, so we have Firestorm here, right? Yes. Within the course of the movie, someone else catches fire and it's not (laughs) him. Such a lost opportunity. I mean, come on. I would have have loved that, but no. (laughs) Didn't happen, no. You know, something that I kind of wish we'd have mentioned on the other side, too. There was some brutal, brutal action in this film. Like, it straight up earned the R rating. Yeah. Like, okay, so they they pretty much, the arc itself is a device that lets, uh, that basically is is causing this time loop to take place. Um, And that is just spinning around at just ridiculous speeds. And at one point, Robbie and Mel takes one of the kids. And what was his name? Sonny. He just takes Sonny and just jams his face against this tumbler. And it's just like a skid. Ah, just blood just all over the place. It just, just scrapes away his skin and bone eventually. And yeah. It was brutal. It was like a Mortal Kombat finisher, man. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, there wasn't a lot. But that scene and there was one other scene where dude got stabbed in the neck and it's just like blood spraying. And yeah. Well, and and uh, again, yeah. content for those of you who are a little language sensitive, they do drop the f bomb a lot. I, there wasn't a lot of other languages, but they do drop the f bomb a lot. There's a lot of fudge. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were they were making that fudge all right. But I tell you <laughs> what, um, it was kind of interesting too. Something that kind of nagged me, and I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Like uh, when Dolores and I watch movies like this, where we really have to pay attention and we're trying to pick up different stuff for the story, or you know, where they have like thick British accents, that sort of thing. We turn the captions on. I know a lot of folks watch with the captions on, so this is uh-huh. just a warning, um, and just kind of a you know, just a, a nitpick. Like I said, they revealed all the characters' names in the captions before they said them out loud, and I feel like that's bad planning <laughs> you know just kind of give me the benefit of the doubt here i want to learn it with the progression of the story so already like when they uh when they first uh get kidnapped when uh hannah and uh, ren get kidnapped automatically i know it's like okay this is father this is sunny this guy um and i just kind of spoiled it a little bit not that much no big deal but yeah i, I would like to learn it in a more organic way uh, which brings me to the names. Like, I don't think did they ever explain why they had those code names, like those um, familial. I think they didn't really explain a lot about them. But the block were supposed to be, you know, the freedom fighters, but who were also bad guys, and they didn't say it. But I think they sort of were trying to use that to make it feel cult like. Maybe yeah. maybe that's just my interpretation, but I think they were trying to use that to make it feel like there's this cult-like thing where they try to suck you and make you feel like your family, um, even though you're really not. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't really give us um, a side to root for in this film, except for, uh, you know, Robbie and Mel's uh, guy, basically, and eventually Hannah. 
um, where because you know you have you have the block on one side, but then you have uh, Taurus, Taurus Corporation on the other, and everybody's trying to get a piece of the arc. Everybody's trying to just survive in this uh, desolate you know, wasteland, but also once they find out about the Ark and everything, they try to get that back into their, uh, into their clutches, I guess you could say. To, to fill in the backstory for some people, uh, especially if you're not watching the movie or you already have. So what's happening is um, there's a major energy crisis and a food crisis. Um, and whenever there's scarcity, there's always competition. Competition has bred war. Uh, Robbie Amell's character used to work for Taurus, which is the evil corporation, and he was he built a machine which was supposed to provide ample amounts of of, of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he told his company that they had designed the machine to do that, supposedly they didn't believe him and accused him of fraud. But then they also tried to steal the machine from him, which they wouldn't do if if it was fraud. But anyway. So he escaped. Hannah did not. They were a couple at the time. She got tortured for months. Apparently this is a year later when they meet up again. And like the night after they meet up is when this whole story begins. Right, right. And uh, they make it a point. You you learn more and more about their backstory with every loop back in time. Uh, one thing, and this is this is kind of what made the movie for me. Like, it was already interesting with the time looping aspect, but the fact that uh, not only could uh, Ren loop back, eventually Hannah was pulled into the loop as well. And then some other members of the block, uh, which added to the, uh, the intensity of the situation as they went back and tried to fix everything. Because you, you could see it getting a little repetitive. Okay, like, there are these... What is it like? Yeah, there's these four kind of numbskulls who are trying to uh, rob Renton for his uh, for his rations and his drugs and everything like that. Um, And it's like, okay, he apparently is intelligent enough to invent something like the uh, perpetual motion machine arc. Why couldn't he outsmart these guys? So it kind of becomes like, all right, you know, if if Kevin. When McAllister can outsmart those two guys, the uh, <laughs> if he can outsmart the bandits, how come Renton can't outsmart the block? Um, so they they kind of explain a little bit. And what what I thought was a neat twist as well was the fact that Hannah wasn't all that she seemed. She who got kidnapped as well. She actually had uh, you know she had her own story going. She had her own important uh, aspect going here as well. Uh, and once she got pulled into the loop, that became more apparent. Um, wh- what do you think about the whole like love triangle between Hannah Renton and was it Sonny? Wasn't it father? Yeah, so uh, Grim. It's Grim. Yeah, but Grim, she was calling yes. him Grim. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because Hannah was mother. So that makes sense. So yeah, the the whole like uh, love triangle between Renton, Hannah, and Grim, and how Hannah was trying to convince Renton that Grim was on the level. Um, it's just a matter of like pulling him away from the rest of the crew to really establish like, hey, you know, this is what's going. Like, what did you what did you think of that aspect of the story? Um, I thought, I, I thought the way they did it worked all right because there again there was that continual sense of panic, and so the the love aspect of the story wasn't really an issue. There was a trust thing going on, definitely. 
But because there was so much t uh, tension and action going on, that I thought the way that they did it worked really, really well overall. There, there were still some little issues, but what did you think about it? I thought it was cool, too. It was one of those, um, I, you know, <laughs> we already kind of compared it to Borderlands, but it reminded me of that moment when you're gaming and you're trying to get a perfect uh, a perfect outcome from a scenario that you're working with. So if you're playing Metal Gear or something like that, sure, you can get through the level or the that particular portion of the game by shooting your way through. But no, it's a tactical espionage mission. You want to sneak your way through like Solid Snake does and not kill anyone. If At most, you want to tranquilize people. The mm -hmm. moment you get caught, the game keeps going. But you want to get that that perfect on that level. So it was kind of interesting to see the way that um, the Renton and Hannah kept looping back, trying to get the best outcome out of the situation, staying alive, keeping uh, Grim alive because Hannah still cared about him, um, and taking down the bad guys so they wouldn't get hold of Ark. Like that was pretty interesting to me. Um, well, and and usually, like like the twist with this spoilers, um, mm. but the twist with this is most of the time, it's you know in Groundhog Day it was just Bill Murray who knew they were repeating. It's usually just you are good guys who know about it. Yeah. But but uh, once the villain figured it out, I absolutely loved that twist because it changed everything. Right. <laughs> That was really cool. I, I that really got me involved even more, man. I was on the edge of my seat for this whole movie. Uh, just the, it was it was fast paced. It was uh, intense at many moments. Every time that they loop back, they would gasp because of what just happened. <laughs> Usually, one of them or both of them getting shot in the head or the throat or something. You know, <laughs> it was always just there was mayhem. Before we got started, you, you mentioned there was a certain aspect to the uh, time travel that didn't quite make sense. For the most part, they did a, a fantastic job on the, the storyline. Continuity is always a big deal in sci-fi movies for a variety of reasons, and there's a, a huge problem with this one in that, okay, so one of the guys ends up working for Taurus the Evil Corporation, and he calls in for support. And support comes, and that's a big ah, part of the yeah. problem. But they later find out that the arc is only moving time back within a circle that's basically slightly larger than the house they're in. And so, yeah. if his message had gotten out of the house, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter what happens inside that circle because they say time has been progressing normally for thousands of cycles outside of the house. Right. And so I don't know what's happening with that. Well, and also the cycle is about three hours, and maybe it's getting faster mm -hmm. and faster. And yet the sun keeps rising every morning. It's never nighttime <laughs> during the repeated three-hour cycles. True. Uh, so yeah, like if you want to have it, so time is repeating. That's fine. If you want to have it, so it's within the circle, it's fine. But then you can't have in interaction with the outside world that also repeats. And they did that. Yeah, I, I feel like this would have worked better if they were in an underground bunker. So you wouldn't have to worry about things like the sun and, you know, weather and that sort of thing. Uh, shadows on the wall being in a certain a certain position. Um, and plus, I mean, the way that he had the arc rigged to give him energy where, uh, you know, we learned through the dialogue that it was a scarcity and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. 
I think it probably would have made more sense that he would want to be underground so he wouldn't have to worry about, you know, interlopers coming and trying to figure out why this house in particular was the only house on the block that was lit up in a sea of darkness. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed like they had cardboard on some of the windows and things, so at least light wouldn't get out. Maybe maybe that's why they didn't see... No, there were windows that had light coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but a way they could have gotten around the message getting out calling for help is that the arc interferes with electromagnetic communications and radio signals, and so they couldn't get a radio signal out until they shut down the arc, which happened at, at, at a certain point. Yeah, and so they could have had that be the thing that they were fighting against, but I guess that repeated as well. So even if they got the radio signal out only at that point, they was still had the the repeated cycle of that over and over and over again. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's possible because as you mentioned, like time was also speeding up as we saw because Robbie Amell looked at the clock at one point and he saw the minutes ticking faster and faster. So it's mm. possible that even though within the uh, one one individual loop, uh, they were moving at normal speed, it's possible that time was still progressing very fast. So what seemed like three hours to them could have been three minutes. So every time uh, the uh, the signal was sent out to, to uh, you know, the, the SWAT team to come in and get these guys or whatever and take the arc back, the first one could have been at normal speed. Uh, a second broadcast could have, could have escaped at half speed. Uh, the next one went out at quarter speed and so on and so on, you know, until it just became like just screeching (laughs) and they're like, okay, we got that first one. Uh, There was some trouble on the line. We're going to have to go see what's going on. So three hours later, (laughs) after a thousand or so loops in in arc time, uh, you know, they, they finally get there with their, uh, with their uh, ED 209 robot that crashes through the door (laughs) and blows them all up. And this is where it got frustrating for me. Um, you know, there there is a little bit of trickiness with the time aspect that you just explained. But also, you know, I kind of wanted a more satisfying ending than that. I, I was sitting here on my couch watching it, and I wanted to see what happened after, okay, the robot's there. Um, you know, he left his message warning about, hey, this is going to happen again. And then the movie ended. I was like, no. <laughs> I need to find out how they escaped the loop. We need closure. We need closure. But I mean, if you if you go back and you look at some of those episodes of um, uh, Black Mirror, uh, it it's pretty much kind of the same idea. It's an individual story. Um, it, it has an ending, but it may not give complete closure to that tale. It just kind of leaves a little bit to the imagination. I don't know. It was good. It was really good. And I, I think I was more disappointed because I wanted more of it than, you know, that being the ending that they chose for that. But uh, yeah, man, I really dug this film. I really thought it was cool. Yeah, it was good stuff. And you actually may have pointed out how the thing solves itself because, okay, say they send a robot, the robot's inside the house and time resets, the robot basically vanishes from existence. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've been sending lots of robots. You know, <laughs> wasting Thousands. the company's resources. and <laughs> You've solved it, sir. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All the messages have been getting out. It's just the robots keep disappearing. Right, right, right. <laughs> ED two hundred nine isn't his uh, isn't his model number. That's the uh, the number of the one they sent in. So two hundred nine <laughs> made it. They had two ten ready to go. <laughs> so yeah. 
lots of lots of stuff with this movie, man. I mean, it, it was captivating. The gas masks are really cool too. I don't want to discount that because it covered the whole face. There was no, well, I should say, uh, Renton and Hannah's gas masks were cool. The other guys, they had the traditional like psychomantis looking gas masks. So I made a lot of Metal Gear references this episode. I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, well, I should say they also had the uh, the um, the Doctor Who Are You My Mummy gas mask on as well uh, <laughs> yeah but the the futuristic cool gas mask that Renton and Hannah had on those were neat and I want one of those well maybe if one of our listeners has any <laughs> uh, gas masky skill <laughs> <laughs> just full disclosure I use them when I spray paint stuff okay and not like walls I'm talking like nerf guns and everything like that and I have upper respiratory issues, so it'd be nice to have one of those for when I clean the house. That's all. No, you know, illegal chicanery. So, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? So, are you living with Walter White in your basement or something? On the weekends, man. He comes by, he brings coffee. You know, hey, he's a nice guy. <laughs> what can I say? You know, I thank you, Caitlin. This is so much better than lots of things we have already watched and played. So, thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, man, she's 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 got a high bar. I mean, she it has her finger on the pulse of the comic world, and uh, this this passed her test. So her rigorous exam of of entertainment and what's worth her time. So you know, uh, much respect to Netflix and uh, the the folks over there who made this film possible, and uh, much respect to Caitlin Rossberg for recommending this amazing film. Keep them coming. And that goes for you too, folks. Keep them coming. The suggestions, uh, the, the the love letters, the hate mail, what have you. We're ready for it. Valentine's Day is on the way. So if you want to recommend a romantic film, uh, <laughs> 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 I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen Love Actually enough already, but that's more of a Christmas movie. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go down that tangent. You so know, but they, actually, after we talked about it, I did rewatch uh, while you were sleeping, and and it holds up. I recommend. <laughs> Gonna have to make that like a Patreon where we watch while you were sleeping and discuss the nuances of that. Because <laughs> I got a lot to say about Sandra Bullock's <laughs> best movie. <laughs> Ooh, you know, I I might have to say that about several. Oh, this is tough. See, you say that now. I think is this all the characters best movie i'm thinking you know peter gallagher was in uh the man who knew too little and yeah that was that was one of my favorites as well and then you have space balls oh well i mean that just kind of trumps everything oh god i said his name <laughs> uh we almost made that, it that word has been ruined it has it's like you know you, it's hard to say motley crew or things like that and anymore like and that word now has just been co-opted do i need to send you over a bar of soap so you could wash out your mouth please do <laughs> <laughs> well i think we've milked this for all we can folks thank you so much for tuning in uh once again thanks to the crew at versus the universe and that wonderful podcast network that we are proud proud to be a part of and uh thank you guys for listening um Dave, next, you got anything else to add uh next episode we will be go doing a gaming twofer yeah, um, we we have not been doing as many games, but there are two games uh, that are available free on Steam that are both supposed to be relatively short, so they're not going to eat up a lot of your time. Um, one is Moirai, and the other is Mandagon. Mandagon is 
you know, spelled the way you think it is. Moira is M-O-I-R-A-I if you want to try the game out with us. Yeah, and um, we're going to throw links up for that stuff on Twitter, too, so keep an eye out for that. Yes, uh, so check us out on social media, the th- at V3DCast, uh, and Digital Dumpster Diving on pretty much all your other social media channels. Yeah, so just search for us. You will find us, Digital Dumpster Diving. That's all we got for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, leave the diving to us. I, I would say it's got to be better next time, but I'm pleasantly happy with this one. Well, again, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Peace. So, how you feeling? What's going on? Uh, I am. I am very. I'm. But I. I think tonight is probably going to be the best time to record for now because I'm starting to come down with something as well. Oh yeah, the and sickness. I still have my voice. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you sound like you. So we're gonna get this done. Drink, drink, uh, drink some of that Theraflu stuff. That does oh, wonders. Maybe we should record tomorrow. If I sound like me, maybe maybe tomorrow I'll be like. <laughs> Three steps closer to Barry White. <laughs> hey, come on. That's my territory now. You can't encroach on the on the dulcet tones, man. The lower register is me. People got to know the difference. <laughs> oh, it, it was great when, uh, I, I like, early in the morning when I wake up, I, I am, like, an octave lower. And one time when Marcy and I were dating, she called me on the phone really early and, like, was really confused about who was on the other end of the line. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, it worked because you, you locked her down. So Yes, down. I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to wake up next to that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that early morning voice, man. That's If I could bottle that and use that later on when I'm actually, like, coherent, that'd be great. Maybe that's when we should record our podcasts. <laughs> early morning <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> you have company over and your fridge is telling them that your milk has gone bad. That's messed up. <laughs> I don't want anybody knowing my business like that. And if your fridge is getting your text messages, you know, if you're dating somebody, you're a single guy, your girl decides to send you a naughty selfie, right there on the fridge door. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> well, uh, some people might like that kind of thing. I mean, depending on, yeah, depending on how... Uh, <laughs> You know, how proud you are of the relationship and how consenting your girl is of people seeing that sort of thing. I mean, anybody who's sending pictures like that over the Internet, I don't want to get in this conversation because it's reminded <laughs> me of the whole like celebrity hacking thing and, you know, all the different sides of that. You know, yeah, but, but you know, your friends over watching the game and they go to get a drink from the fridge and whoa, hello, <laughs> Jason, you got a text. Uh, you might want to check that. <laughs> It seems like it's important. 